Welcome to Hail Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hail Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Welcome to it. Great to have you in on a Wednesday. It's Hale Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Damon Barr is in and uh, we are loaded up. We'll spend some time, some thoughts on Greg Austin, his comments with the network and uh, where this O-line can go in 2020. Mike Babcock will be with us from Hale Varsity Magazine, HaleVarsity.com. Mike Shuart Shuey, excited to talk some golf. With uh, Wilderness Ridge's Mike Schuart, specifically DeChambeau's 10 on 15 last uh, last week at the Memorial. Ooh, who hasn't had a 10 before? Come on. Uh, well, a lot of PGA guys be like, oh, I'm still in search of that. And thankfully, I've passed on that. And uh, Brad Edwards uh, will join us in one hour. Some national perspective on college football. I've had two good days in a row of optimism and thinking that that gonna football pigskin will happen you can join us today at 466-3776-4667-76800-825-5865 you want to hear us on your smart speaker uh tell alexa or Amazon, or Google, or did I just double up? Is Amazon and Alexa the same thing? Junior's got it in his uh, his little basement cave, Damon. So the point of it is, is you say, hey, uh, smart speaker, play Hail Varsity, play ESPN Lincoln. You are good to go. Just talk to uh, Grandma Hunt. She is uh, going to say, hey, uh, Alexa, play Hail Varsity Radio. She is in her easy chair. And she is all sorts of interested in some offensive line thought. She's like, how's that line going to be? She was looking through the Hale Varsity yearbook. And she noted that the strengths of the offensive line, depth, experience, and some of the weakness for the offensive line that I, I think will get shored up because there are just flat out more options and more bodies uh, that that run blocking will be more consistent because you'll get the right five. You'll you'll start with a healthy five, and if someone is not healthy, uh, you'll have a, a better set of resources and and backups to go to. So the the rating is uh, we talk dials right. Well, six is is where the offensive line comes in at. There's uh, ability for this group, I think, to hit eight and a half or nine. Uh, six, if, if they stay the same, that won't be good because they need to be better. Uh, and I think some of the play calling reflected uh, the, the lack of trust. And you're going to have a, a better grasp at center as you fan out, fan out on that offensive line. Got the numbers to get in. Find us on Twitter as well. Chris Schmidt at Schmidt underscore radio or at Damon Barr. That's two R's. Can email Chris at HaleVarsity.com. Excited in uh, 24 hours, less than 24 hours, we will have live sports back. We'll have Major League Baseball. And Mookie Betts can go uh, Scrooge McDuck swimming 
in a room full of money with Patrick Mahomes. Mookie Betts, the Angels outfielder, uh, getting an extension, 12-year, $365 million deal. That's tacked on to the $27 million he's currently got. So 13 years, $392 million. Cut that in half. It's still awesome from a Texas standpoint. So, Damon, uh, if if we've got a six rating coming into the 2020 season for the Nebraska offensive line, you still got to figure out what's going to happen at right tackle. You think Farniak moving inside will be better. You've got a, a, a more seasoned and confident Jurgens at center. Uh, you're figuring out the left guard spot, hopefully a, a healthy Bo Wilson, or you've got a Hickson, or you have a Sichterman. I mean, you have some some guys that have some time, and then you have Hymas. Those are all nice things for Nebraska. This isn't, uh, and, and Greg Austin kind of touched on it with his sit-down last night on the Husker Network with what they they had when they got here. And, and and he nailed it. Uh, he was right on it with <laughs> you, you came in as you inherited a group and you, you've you had some really good players. And I think a farmer and I think a foster specifically uh, that Nebraska had the last couple of seasons. And, and then what was beyond that that starting five? Uh, you didn't have guys that you knew a lot about or you had guys that were still kind of a work in progress, but those were your best bets, so that's who you went with. And now it's it's a 180 because, yeah, you're still trying to figure it out to get your, part, your, your starting five and then find a swing guard and find a swing tackle in case somebody goes down. But I, I think you're going to be able to start seeing uh, the next couple, three years for Nebraska football. Not only do you have a, a whale of a talented couple of freshmen in 2020 in Con in Corcoran, but you've got a bunch of redshirt guys from 2019 that got a year to sit. Some guys got those four games in. Uh, the emergence of a Ben Hart at right tackle is exciting. You've got a, a natural fit with Farniak, who's been cross-training. The guy's played both spots and has been working on both spots. He spent most of his career at tackle. He's played some guard before. And uh, Farniak's really a, a luxury to have on the offensive line because of his versatility, but also where he wants this group to go. And it all kind of starts with uh, – with Brendan Hymas here. Uh, this is Coach Austin and some high praise for the man known as Jaime for Nebraska football. A uh, really big year awaits him in 2020. Brendan has the opportunity to be one of the best in the conference and one of the best in the country at his position. Really looking forward to him uh, and really seeing him grow and mature into the player you know, we recruited him to be or they recruited him to be. He was recruited to, to come here to be. Last year, man, we, we saw that guy take his game to another level, uh, especially playing some elite pass rushers. And, and he did a great job, especially at the end of the season against uh, Iowa's premier pass rusher. Looking forward to watching him go out there and compete. And he's taking on an additional leadership role as well. I've been kind of pressing this thing on him the last couple years, and he's kind of taken the ownership of it. Really looking forward to watching him not only compete, but then also watching him lead this group. So, 
th- there's a lot on Hymas's plate. He came back. That's been well noted. Uh, the, the time we got to sit down with Greg Austin, uh, the roundtable right before spring ball began and then was shut down. But you know what you have from a talent. And uh, you have Hymas from a, a prestigious region of the country. You have Hymas from a prestigious high school, the Drew Brees High School, the Westlake region. He's a kid that a lot of big-time schools saw, scouted, offered. Nebraska got him, and this staff inherited him. That's that's huge. But he is kind of the, the, the last man standing, I think, from that 17 recruiting class. And, and he understands the role off the field, the role on the field, and then his natural talent to, to kind of forge this group. You need your best to also be the best day in, day out during workouts, during practice, and then during game time. Uh, here is more from, from Coach Austin. And this is one of those spots that's open, right? We're talking the, the left guard spot and the guy who's played a lot of football. And I've always enjoyed watching him. And this goes even back to uh, the time Nebraska went and curb stomped Minnesota in the Riley era where they, they'd put Bo Wilson as the largest uh, H-back there is that would go in motion and then peel back and murder somebody on the edge. So Bo Wilson's a guy that really showed his toughness last year, but it wasn't the same Bo Wilson as the, the 2018 Bo Wilson because he wasn't right. This is Coach Austin, uh, and this is Coach Austin on – Bo Wilson and and where he can go in 2020. Bo had some issues last year staying healthy. So really looking forward to seeing a healthy Bo this year. Uh, A healthy guy that's going to go out there and compete. He's one of the most competitive guys that I know as well. Tough guy, tough kid. Uh, We're going to do a good job, and I told this to Bo already. We're going to take care of you. And when I say take care of you, you know, you're not playing every single snap, kind of like what what he did last year. You know, we've been fortunate to get a few guys behind him that have some reps, and we have a lot of confidence in where he's going to be in more rotation. So we're excited to get him, get the real healthy him. In 2018, Bo played at a high level. Going back and looking at that film, we attributed his his production as a player to him being healthy. So let's talk 2019, Bo Wilson. And the guy grinded it out. The guy did what he could, but it wasn't what you saw that first season. In 2019, he was not a healthy player. I mean, literally from week two on, he had nagging this, nagging that. So we're we're going to make sure we're taking care of him and getting the best out of him as well. So that's encouraging. And listen, if if Wilson's dinged or the the pressure that exists uh, that is real, if if you're a guy that fought through nagging injuries, but but you're eighty percent or seventy five percent. That, that, that gap in 100% 2018 to 80 to 75%, and I, and I don't know the percentages, I'm just throwing it out there, is noticeable with being able to run on the interior, then you have a chance to see a guy like Hickson. And by the way, Hickson's going to battle his butt off to, to, to go win a guard spot because Hickson's a walk-on that's on scholarship that has earned it, and uh, I think there can be some good things for Hickson 
And then you have Sichterman as well. So there are there are options. Let's talk real quick about Cam Jurgens and where he has come from last year. And you, you have the issue that has been a guy that's a freak athlete. And it's not an issue, but what he was asked to do for the good of the team is is no piece of cake. It's you've been a a, a tight end, you've been a 230-pound athlete that is freakishly explosive. You are still that. But we're asking you to put protein and muscle on. We're asking you to be explosive and be a, a, a mean old SOB on the line of scrimmage on the interior and go do it in short order time, in speed dating time. And for a kid like that to... To make the sh- make the switch, and then keep his wits about him as things were going crazy around him is is admirable, and I, I think the the big picture, short term, long term. I don't want to call it gamble or risk, but decision Nebraska made and took, moving him to center, thrusting it on him dealing with growing pains and then coming out the other side to springboard into a very, very bright future is really important to note. Greg Austin did that with where Cam Jurgens has progressed. In that position, I like to call it a command presence. What you saw from the South Alabama game, the Colorado game, was a guy that was wet behind the ears, man. He was just trying to figure it out. You know, and that was the reason really why the snaps were going everywhere. There were calls that weren't made that he needed to make, you know. So he was still learning a position on the run. And then by the time midseason rolled around, things kind of slowed down for him. I'm excited to see what he's going to do for us this year. He's already taken more of a leadership role. You can see that the guys embrace him. You can see that, you know, the guys listen you know, to him and what he's saying, whether he's just talking on the field or he's talking in leisure, you can tell that there's a command presence there. He has an aura about him. So Greg Austin uh, with the uh, the network last night and uh, spending time on his offensive line, you've got position battles on the interior, Ethan Piper and Lynn, Ben Hart and Fritschke, some of those redshirt freshmen, Corcoran and Alex Kahn. Are, are the young pups for 2020 that are super mature that have come in. Uh, don't forget about Little Farniak, and I'm air-quoting Little, uh, because he is a guy that is Will Farniak that is going to keep pushing and pressuring and fighting for snaps at center. And it all starts with that, that cornerstone in Hymas and then the hope to move Farniak in and, and not miss a beat with whoever his replacement is, maybe Ben Hart, likely Ben Hart, on that right tackle. Uh, a good list of problems for Coach Austin to have with all these kids. you got a large number to choose from and backups and depth for the first time in a while. The competition, the sheer competition, it's a good problem to have. It is a problem. It's still a good problem to have because now you're trying to fit, you're trying to figure out the depth chart on a daily basis because you're trying to get everybody in and everybody a fair chance to compete for whatever role you know, you see them in. And not only that, but then just the, the communication of it. Hey, man, I'm sorry. You're going to have to play third string today, even though you were a first stringer two days ago for the sake of giving this guy an opportunity today. 
So it's going to boil down to this. How many guys do you have? How many guys do you think can play at a high level? How many guys behind those starting five or seven you want to lean on can come in and do the job? And what development can happen between now and when it is their time? That is absolutely it. That's the formula. You want to start winning Big Ten games. You want to be above 500 in conference. You got to run the football. You got to be mean and nasty and kind of throw back Nebraska on that line of scrimmage. We'll talk some more football and O-line. Mike Babcock on the way with Hale Varsity, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. And we're back. Fellas, think we could listen to the radio? On Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Yes! That's awesome! Thanks for hanging out. Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Damon Barr. Let's welcome in a historian. He's an author. He's a Hall of Famer and exclusively with Hale Varsity Magazine, HaleVarsity.com. Get the yearbook. Get a subscription. 855-3-HUSKER. HaleVarsity.com backslash subscribe. The print, the digital. You will love it. Babbers, how's your Wednesday? Hey, uh, no complaints, Smitty. Uh, I like to see a little bit of rain now and then. It's all good. It is all good, man. And my sprinklers were going when I got home this morning and... A few more raindrops this afternoon. Let's keep that thing green. As my yard, and I, my yard looks good. My boy Jolster makes it look phenomenal. But Babbers, your yard is. I mean, it's rivaling rivaling uh, Jack Pierce look, man. I mean, Jack Jack always had his the greenest in the neighborhood. Yours is looking beautiful. Well, if you keep those weeds mowed, they look green. <laughs> you can't I'll, let them get out of control, though. I'll, I'll be driving home, and Babbers is just crushing it on the mower. <laughs> it looks good, man. I love the yard. I love the yard. Uh, so, okay, uh, how are your Giants going to fare before we get into football? 58-2? Uh, and two? No, what? I said 58 wins and two oh, losses. Okay. Are you okay, no. work on a Bama no. type run here? I'm, I'm thinking that uh, I, I'm thinking 500 would be uh, would be very good uh, for the, for the Giants. Uh, you know they've undergone that makeover, and I don't. I'm not real enamored with the the way it's going. But uh, you know it takes time. You got to be patient. So uh, not figuring much better than 500. Well, you know, you, you get close to that 37 win number, and uh, you might be in the postseason. Never know. Well, yeah, you never know. You never know if it gets that far. Yeah, no, you I know, there's a lot of uh, lot of things that could happen between now and then. So let's just keep our fingers crossed that uh, things are okay. Babbers, I want to jump to the mailbag before we get into some offensive line thoughts from Coach Austin. And uh, love the the weekly Hale Varsity mailbag. You and and Derek and Aaron and Jacob and and Brandon all do a great job answering uh, reader questions and responding to social media. And, you know, if you get nine games, you get ten games, let's just keep it at nine or ten with uh, the way things are are supposed to, to maybe move forward here with 2020. Based on the schedule, what is success? And, and I'm going to go first. And if Nebraska is is below 500, okay, say they're they're four and six, or they're five and five, or they're six and four, or they're four and five. I mean, whatever the combination is, 
I, I'm not going to freak about the, the end number. And I know some Nebraska fans may, some may not. But I want to look and see the games against some of these big dogs resemble how, how things finished against Iowa. And, and not, not the, the, the three at the buzzer that, that breaks hearts and spills drinks. But the fact that you're, you're in the game. You're competing. And too many times in the last X number of years, Nebraska in big games has not – it's been over by half. I want to see where Nebraska is at. Because I think, Mike, I think they, they have some depth working in their favor for the first time. Guys aren't necessarily ready to step in and play 40 snaps at a Ben Stilley level. But you know what? Maybe some guys are ready to come in and give you 15, and, and you might have two or three guys that can do that. And that's, that's kind of where I'm leaning – as to, hey, they'll be better. It may not just show up with that, that end number. Well, yeah, uh, the physicality of the Big Ten, you, you've got to have guys step in. And you talked about it earlier, you know, at least minimally have a swing tackle and a swing guard in the offensive line and get those guys in there. Um, rotate some guys so that you can, you can deal with that physicality. And so you're still ready to go in the fourth quarter and, and you go through that conference uh, schedule. I, you know, I, I remain skeptical of, of how the season is going to play out. I think realistically, uh, maybe you should play an eight-game conference okay. schedule. Um, give yourself some time in between there to, to make some adjustments in the schedule if you have to. Four home games, four road games, uh, go that direction because right now you're going to have a little bit of a disparity for some teams, and you know maybe uh, those schools are not going to be happy if they've got to play uh, five of their nine games on the road, mm-hmm. uh, assuming that you get it there. But, uh, I, you know, I don't know how much you can really tell about the development of a program in a situation like this. Um, you know, there are just so many uncertainties about it. Uh, you know, you'd, you'd like to see if, uh, better than 500. You'd like to see five and four. I don't think that uh, if they play nine games, um, uh, I, I'm, I'm still skeptical that Nebraska's going to be on the on the positive side there uh um i i think there's still a lot of work to be done but having said that again i go back to what i said initially i don't know how much you can take away from what it looks like this season because of all the considerations and the fact that you you know you've reduced the schedule uh, i know that bill moose wanted to play 12 games um and i don't think that's realistic 12 conference games like I said, to me, realistic would be eight games. Um, you know, I, making the road trip to, to Rutgers or having Rutgers, uh, you know, travel to into the Midwest, that just doesn't seem realistic to me. Um, I think you have to make those kinds of adjustments. Well, and, and I don't know that the Rutgers will happen, but conversely, I would love for Penn State to roll into town. I don't know if you can ask them to make the trip west either. Yeah, no, I agree. That's a, that's a very good point, Smitty. I, uh, I, I should have mentioned that as well. I just, I just don't see bringing teams that far. There's the travel, the logistics of it in this pandemic situation is, is just not, uh, it's not a realistic thing. So I think that you have to schedule games. You, you're going to have to adjust that schedule, I think, and try to get games that are closer to, closer to, uh, uh, uh Lincoln. Um, and, and, how many games can you do that way? 
uh, and and still be reasonable about it because you know travel is a consideration that uh, you're not even, you're not just looking at getting the players on the field and getting through the game and so forth. You're looking at travel and staying over and all that sort of thing. There there are just so many things that have to be resolved. I'd be all good with uh, going to Ames. I'm not going to say when it's not windy because it's always windy in Ames, <laughs> but when it's not snowy. <laughs> Yeah, so I swear that Ames is a, there's this little pocket. You get about 30 miles from Ames, and all of a sudden the whole the, the weather changes no matter what. It's just it's weird. I think it's the always coolest windy, man. I've ever been was in Ames, Iowa for a Husker baseball game that ended up getting uh, uh, canceled after a couple of innings. But uh, yeah, not not Ames, Iowa in that in that situation. Mike, who's the who's out of the five? Who's the key for the Husker offensive line? Is it obvious? Is it Hymas? Is it a Jurgens? Or is it the guy who wins the one of the guard spots? Or is it the, the, the maybe the new right tackle? Who who are you circling for twenty twenty on that O line? Well, I like to see Jurgens. You know, I I think it starts with the center, and that's the one guy that you're probably not going to rotate. Mm. Um, and so I. You know, I think where's the development of Jurgens? He's the guy that makes the calls. He's the guy that uh, gets them lined up, and and uh, you know, I think that that's really important. We know what Hymas can do, and we know that uh, probably of any guy on the on the team, he's he's probably in the position where he could you know conceivably be an All Conference uh, uh, first team guy, but. Uh, um, you know, I I think that the important thing is, you know, what the what the development is at center with with Jurgens. Mike Babcock, couple minutes with us left here on Hale Varsity Radio at MD Babs on Twitter. So development's key. Coach Austin spent a little bit of time uh, on that aspect. And Babbers, uh, real quick, is there a line that you remember covering? that over-delivered? There were maybe some question marks going into the season because you've got to reload, and that's what Nebraska did so often with Milton and Dan Young. And uh, now uh, Nebraska's trying to get back up to, to snuff, right? Be, be one of the lines in a physical league. But is there a line that you kind of reach back to and say, man, either it was an underappreciated line or those guys were, were – just fantastic, and I don't want to say they came out of nowhere, but but they really they really performed well when there were some questions coming in. Well, I would say two things about that, and I I don't know that uh, under underappreciated, I guess would maybe apply. Uh, you know, I think eighty two, eighty three, those lines okay. were those lines were really good. That's yeah, they were. <laughs> you know, eighty three, the scoring explosion had to have a line in order to get things done. Eighty two had a, had a line that. Uh, that had, uh, you know, Dave Remington at it at center, and uh, the only two-time uh, uh, a Trophy winner, and and uh, also won the Lombardi Award. And then the next year, you had Dean Steincooler, who played guard in that '82 line. Uh, he wins the Alvin and Lombardi Award. Um, and it, it's always been remarkable to me that you win a national championship in 1994 with an offensive line. You win one in 1995, and only one starter uh, is the same from 94 to 95. I thought that was pretty remarkable. And, uh, you know, the 95 line had to replace everybody except, uh, in terms of starters, yeah. uh, replaced everybody except Aaron Graham Center. So, um, I, you know, those would be probably the ones that I think 
um, should be maybe underappreciated how, you know, how you accomplish that, that you have enough good offensive linemen. And, you know, that's a tribute, again, to rotating some guys in there in 94, uh, getting some guys' experience. A couple of lines that I point to, uh, the way the offense finished in 99, that that line yes. was, mm-hmm. was fantastic with Hochstein and Raiola and, and Finotti, that 99-2000 line. And then I thought the 20, 2012 line was really, really good. For Nebraska, yeah, yeah. Trying to think who all was in that Spencer line. and and uh, Spencer Long and and you yeah, had, yeah. Uh, there, there's an underappreciated guy, Wally, and you had Searles. What a remarkable uh, career uh, Spencer Long had, and mm-hmm. and uh, for a walk-on player, but uh, yeah, yep, yep. Jeremiah was a pretty good player too. Babber's about twenty seconds, but what do you got coming up on on uh, HailBarCity.com? Tom's time. Next one is the Kansas game, 1992, uh, which I left the uh, start of the fourth quarter and got roundly criticized uh, letters to the editor the next week for acknowledging that I did. But I, it was a night game, and I wanted to get back and get started on my story because I was fighting a deadline, and Nebraska's had 49-7 to when I left. So. <laughs> it was a blowout, man. <laughs> yep, but, boy, I got ripped, I'll tell you. No. How could you do that? How could you leave? Yeah, I've seen this story before, and this 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 Jayhawk team had a number by their name actually, and Nebraska smoked them. It was good. Yeah, thirteen rank. Yeah, Babbers, we'll do this again next week, buddy. Thanks for a few minutes. Thanks, Mitty. Be safe. You too, Mike Babcock with us. Mike Schuart's on the way from Hale Varsity. He's in his thirties, but sounds like he was born with a stogie in one hand and a brew in the other. Now. Say my name. It's Schmitty on Hail Varsity Radio. I got the body of a taut, preteen Swedish boy. Let's head out to the course out at Wilderness Ridge. We say hi to Mike Schuart. Shuey, what's your Wednesday doing, man? How are you? I'm doing good, man. I'm doing a lesson right now. We're going to do a broadcast with a lesson. How about that? So uh, you just project like you always project during the backswing, and we will truly know the focus of concentration. <laughs> or or is, doing, he, is he putting? Am, am, am I going to have to go Jim Nance voice here? No, no. He's doing good, man. I got him doing a little workout thing. He's not liking it much. That's okay. <laughs> so, okay, time out. Give me this shoey workout on the course. I mean, the, the dew point's still like 70, right? Oh, yeah. So what's what's the workout? What, no, what, what workout we're in, are you doing? We're in, we're in the academy. We're working on, uh, it's called the coach. It's a swing training thing. So he's working on, working on a little strength. Okay, and so describe it. So it's got a big old arm on it. It's got a lot of tension on it. So you make some back swings so it works on you getting the club to be able to move in the right position he's already starting to sweat a lot <laughs> so Shuey, are you standing or are you in a lawn chair barking orders like jobs i'm just kind of standing here i'll get in my lawn chair sooner or later <laughs> mike shuart's with us and we are going in depth inside the academy at wilderness ridge as we have a live uh, live lesson going on, uh, what's what's the uh, what's the the person's first name? That's Will. Will's okay. in here. Will's Will's getting it done. Well done. So I got to ask you if we if we talk a little bit here about the memorial, your reaction to to Tiger? He got through the weekend, but I mean it was his third worst score in regulation. <laughs> Uh, yeah. in, in a long time, he was six over. 
that man, that golf course was just set up like a U.S. Open. I mean, and he talked about it. He loved the setup of it, but it's like I don't think you want your first tournament back after five or six months off being a U.S. Open. Yeah, I mean, it was hard, fast. The rough was up. I mean, it was just the breeze was blowing. It was brutal. So, man, if you're not on top of your game, those courses will eat you up. And obviously it did. I mean, guys were having a hard time just making pars. So, But they like that. I mean, they like those courses like that. I mean, because it, it's, it's a true test to how your overall game really is. Man, you have to be on all. Man, you got to hit it straight. Uh, you got to chip it and putt it. you got to think your way around there. Sometimes holes are just going to be hard to make pars on. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's like they like playing those really tough golf courses. Well, and and guys who started off hot got slapped in the face Saturday and then really found a way to grind Sunday to to close out. I mean, each day it got more and more difficult. I I watched Thursday's opening round, did a little patio show, my friend, and, and had it on and then caught a lot of it on Sunday. And the... The moment that that made social media splash was was DeChambeau's ten on fifteen. Did you see that live, or did you have to get caught up? Oh, yeah, I got caught up on it later, so that was pretty funny. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> happened to a nicer guy. <laughs> <laughs> that's where, so that's where, that's where the shoes shoeys uh, comes in uh, at, on on DeChambeau. Couldn't happen to a nicer. So, have you ever been in a group where? like professionally where, where someone pulled not, you know, the snowman plus two. Oh yeah. I've been in that group myself. I've so, done it myself. So, okay. Well, <laughs> I wasn't going there, Shuey. I don't want you to read through the phone and shake me, but uh, so the, the other guy, let's talk about the other guy that pulled a 10 when you were, uh, you know, playing with him, where was it at? And, and, you know, just, was it similar to DeChambeau's where it's out of bounds, out of bounds, drink, I mean, uh, take me through that that witnessing a 10. It was here locally, actually. Okay. The hole, and it's like, it was actually a 14, and it was an awesome 14. <laughs> he never hit a bad shot. So Really? He hit it out there. He had a, a wet shot, basically, and it, the pin was tucked over an island green, kind of. Mm-hmm. So... It was right up front, some railroad ties in the front of it. And so we first one bounced right off the top of the railroad ties up in the air back in the water. Mm-hmm. So he's like, God, and he hit a really good shot. I mean, another, I don't know, six inches, and it's like right next to the hole. So he's like, do it again. So he did it again off the railroad ties in the water. Did it again off the railroad ties in the water. So... Until he finally got it, just missed the railroad tie, and he did actually did get it up and down from there for a 14. So, but it was like I don't know how many it was six in a row or something off the railroad tie into the water. So he was just going to stay there till he did it. So he kind of had a tin cup moment. Love the perseverance, uh, number 14. Yeah, I've I we we kind of tap out at eight on that one, Chewy. Uh, just the group I play with, <laughs> right? Just full disclosure on that. But I've I'd probably I've probably gone and 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 knocked out a three touchdown lead, uh, probably like worst ever. When did you pull a ten? Where did you pull a ten? Uh, I've done it a few times. I remember one time I played. I was playing in. Uh, 
it used to be called the Big Eye Tournament. So it was a junior tournament that you played to qualify for the Big Eye. That then you played with the Tour and Professionals. So this is a few years ago. This is at Riverside, and uh, I just kept rifling it to the right out of bounds until I finally could keep it in bounds. So by the time I was all done, it was like one over the fence, two over the fence, three over the fence, four over the fence, and then I finally kept it in bounds and. It added up to a 10. So mm. what was surprising in that round is I actually made a 10 and two eights mm. in the same round. But I also made seven birdies in a row in that round. That's awesome. So I had a 10, two eights, and shot 75. So that ain't bad. No, that's, kind that's of incredible. Kind of a hard way to do it. But. <laughs> I, I would say so. Shuey, what's uh, going on out at, out at Wilderness? we got a couple minutes left here. Mike Shuey, Art Wilderness Ridge Golf. He's in the academy right now giving a lesson. You, too, can go get a lesson from Shuey uh, and uh, get a workout in. Uh, Divot Dogs, can we get an update? I saw some social media posts. The kids looked like they were having a great time. Yeah, we had our last practice uh, on Tuesday, yesterday, and then they have uh, two, I think their two last events, uh, this week, so that'll be fun. They've had a great season, a lot of really good play. We had two of our kids, they, they team up, play best ball. They shot 10 under for nine holes. How about that? That's incredible. Yeah. So that's been fun, and we have our, our member guest starts tomorrow, so that'll run through the weekend, so that'll be a big, exciting time. So we've got like 100-plus 100, 100 players playing in it, so be fun. That's huge. Fun. Uh, any any Fit Fridays going on this week? Uh, probably not till August. We're going to okay. start them back up in August with all the stuff we got going on. So we'll start them back up in August. Well, that'll be outstanding. Mike Shuart's with us, Wilderness Ridge Golf. And uh, Shuey, it was fun to get caught up, fun to chat. Thanks for walking us through the <laughs> seven straight birdie experience and, and also the uh, the the number 10, man, the old Jamal Lord number. <laughs> Oh, always, man. Hey. Like, I think everybody's made a 10 sometime in their life if they play golf long or, enough. Or, or every weekend for some of us. So. <laughs> be good. Shuey, we'll talk next week. Brother, be good. Thanks again. All right. Thanks for having me on. Take there care. It is. Yep. Shuey's barking out those orders. Someone's doing a lesson. They're, you're getting all strengthened up. We'll wind down our one next. And now. And now. Back to Hale Varsity Radio. Winding down our one hail varsity presented by the Nebraska Lottery, Chris Schmidt, Damon Barr. Thanks to Mike Schuhart and Mike Babcock. We'll have more thoughts from Greg Austin, the offensive line next hour. Brad Edwards, college football insider with ESPN, 10 minutes away. A question for Damon Barr, the rum lover, uh, when it comes to the student section in attendance in a moment. I want to remind you about West Blue Realty. Listen, man, it's been about three years since we moved. It sucked. I should have called West Blue. And uh, West Blue Realty can help you make 2020, the move in 2020, painless. And they specialize in Lincoln and surrounding communities when it comes to residential home sales. And the people you need to talk to, uh, your friend Tom Luby at 402-540-3768 or Kelly Hofsnyder, 402-202-2312. They'll take care of that for you when it comes to details. And you mentioned Hale Varsity and West Blue can provide you up to $1,000 on the closing of your next home purchase. 1120 K Street, Suite 200 in Lincoln, westbluerealty.com. 
is where you log on, and they can also help you with agricultural land sales. They have sold land all over the state of Nebraska. They can take care of that ag land you may want to move. So, Damon, um, I'm going to ask you about the student section and say that Nebraska lets 20,000 in X percentage of students uh, and and we go. But what if there's an option to, to do a cardboard cutout like we saw state tournament time? Would you go with yourself or would you do more of the home alone route where there's the old six foot six Michael Jordan cutout that's in Damon Barr's seat? Would you go with a celebrity or would you go with a cutout of yourself? I think um, I think it'd be more fun just to put cutouts of every student up in the stands. But, man, just just think of who could be going to these Husker games sitting up in East Stadium, you know. I know. I mean, would you? So, what celebrity would you go with? Um, let's see. Uh, Matt Damon. Uh, right. I don't know any. Uh, Damon Wayne. I, there's not many celebrities that uh, have the name Damon, so it's hard for me to kind of okay. decipher that one. That's that's well thought out. Uh, Matt Damon. Uh, would you go with the the Goodwill Hunting Matt Damon, or the uh, the, the character from? Uh, what was the Western he did 10 years ago? The remake. I'm, I'm with him. Unsure. John Wayne originally did it. <laughs> uh, I would take the Goodwill Hunting Matt Damon. The with young, the, <laughs> with the, the, the middle haired parted. How do you like them apples? Ah! The young fella. <laughs> okay. You go with the young Matt Damon, not yeah. the, the one who grew potatoes in space. I'm nearing 50. Okay. Uh, Matt Damon. That's fine. Uh, I'd go Chris Rock for for me. All right, that that's the one Chris I'd go with. Uh, yeah, I'd go Chris Rock. If I could be up in the stands, surrounded by cardboard cutouts, I wouldn't mind that either. Just would you, would, chilling no. with my homies up there, everyone cardboard. Yeah, that'd be all that'd right. Be fine. So, are we going to re reenact like reality? So, there's got to be someone like either heat stroke or, or passed out in the student section with with the flask spilled and someone with their palms on their cheeks and screaming in horror or you gotta have somebody dressed up as an ear of corn or the the still shot you see where oh sweet Iowa just hit a three and the oh no the surrender cobra moment in time that's frozen Brad Edwards coming up college football next hour Hail Varsity presented by the Nebraska Lottery Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Thanks for hanging out. Hour two, it's Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Damon Barr, as uh, we're working on Brad Edwards, ESPN Insider, college game day. Damon Barr is sweating a bit. Damon showed up in a mask. It did not have an insignia on it. The mask shaming continues on social media, where you have a picture of a Nebraska mask that is deemed acceptable. And as you'd expect, somebody wearing an Iowa mask. And it was deemed not acceptable. Let's hope we get Nebraska, 
Iowa in 2020. You can join us uh, this hour, 466-3776-466-3776-800-825-5865. Numbers to get in. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at Schmidt underscore radio. Uh, is mine at Damon Barr. Two R's is uh, how you find Damon on Twitter. So that is uh, what's up. You can email Chris at HaleVarsity.com. Spent quite a bit of time getting into the offensive line. Greg Austin's comments last night on the network where the Huskers are at. The Hale Varsity yearbook is <laughs> deeming what what some of the the problems were and that was inconsistency with the offensive line when it comes to blocking uh what some of the positives will be for 2020 is the depth on that offensive line and you know where can it go if you give what rating would you give the offensive line coming into this 2020 season uh do you give them a 6 out of 10 what what's your what's your starting number and what is a number you think they could finish at? Six out of ten? Could they max out at, at nine out of ten? Could they max out at seven and a half out of ten? I just sent a giant bone-in ribeye picture to Jaybird, a friend of the show. And it has completely been doctored. It's like the, the old Fred Flintstone brontosaurus cut. I, I wish I could get a steak that size. Let's talk some college football. We welcome in ESPN Insider College Game Day. It's Brad Edwards at J Brad at J Brad Edwards on Twitter. Brad, thanks for a few minutes. How's your Wednesday? Uh, it's busy. It's it's busy. I'm actually t- taking a, a break from uh, house stuff to uh, to talk football. Uh, so. So I'm even more excited than usual to talk football. Well, I, I it's bet better, it's better than talking kitchen cabinets. <sighs> Get a load of this. I, and I'm not I'm not ripping on this company because because I, I get that COVID nineteen is you caused rip all away, sorts of, my friend. You rip away. <laughs> okay, COVID nineteen has caused all sorts of logistical issues because of new protocols and all that stuff. But this, this is give you give you a taste of it. Um, I I have. Uh, ordered a few things that are being shipped for my new place by FedEx Freight, okay? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I used my tracking number today to find out that they arrived at a, at a center that is 96 miles from where I live, okay? Oh, no. 96 miles away. I am told that they're going to be delivered on Monday. Mm-hmm. They're not, it's Wednesday. They're 96 miles away. And so, like, so, so that, that's what I've been on the phone with trying to manage. It's like, can I rent a van and, and drive over there myself and pick them up? Because I've got people waiting on this stuff in order to do some work. So, anyway, so, so fo- let's talk football, man. Oh, no, man, that, that, that is a pain. That's a headache. Last week it was West Virginia couches you wanted to resell yeah, and upholster. That's right. That's right. Now it's, now it's kitchen cabinets. I'll tell you my my and I don't know what company shipped these things, but I, I I sent some some steaks down to the pirate down at Key West. Yeah, and <laughs> he called them. He called me. I was like, "Hey, thanks for sending these. By the way, they have spoiled. Nobody put dry ice in the container. Oops. But there's a neighbor he hates." 
so he threw it in his dumpster. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like something he would do. Uh-huh. He's like, yeah, oh my goodness. I think I'm going to yeah. be a, 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 an expletive on this, and we're just going to... So things got figured out, but yeah, the... Uh, the shipping and handling part of things have been as as murky as is how many games and what's the season going to look like and i want to i want to get into recruiting for a second because i know you and i had texted about that nebraska keeps rocking and rolling on the recruiting trail they're up to 14 there's going to be i think three or four kids they're really in on uh announcing between now and and sunday so they're going to have a smaller class. I don't know how the rankings will go, but when we look at some of the peer school lists, Nebraska's beaten out some some nice names, quite honestly, to get kids that are maybe a three-star instead of a five-star. But I, I, I think the, the upside and the development side with this staff will be notable here, and we'll be talking about these kids in three years if Nebraska gets back to, to winning ways. You know, what what Nebraska's done, there's been some kids on their own dime that have driven in and hung out with players. Coaches have had zero contact. All they've had is the uh, the the, uh, the 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 Zoom meeting with the coaches and then the virtual tours. That's what Nebraska's done. They've been in constant contact with kids. They've done a great job of of connecting and developing relationships and, and Nebraska's got some guys that I think can can be okay. Meanwhile, Bama just keeps printing printing out five stars and four stars. What what's Bama's approach been during COVID? Because you know what? Bama's ahead of things. They are scouting kids by the time they're ninth or tenth grade. They offer and they get kids by their junior year likely to commit. Not that not that Bama doesn't go get some senior guys. But they have been been ex- exquisite for a long time. What are they doing? How has Saban kind of attacked this from your view during COVID? How has Bama stayed on top? Well, it's interesting because when you know when the whole quarantine first started, uh, there were some younger coaches and Mac Brown mm-hmm. who were tearing it up on the or on the recruiting front. So it was like it was it was Ryan Day, Kirby Smart. Jeremy Pruitt, you know, the, those, those three were just crushing it, like the first two months of quarantine. And I, I think Ohio State mm-hmm. had like 17, maybe 19 commits already for the class. And Alabama at that time had like three. And, and, and I think two of them were in-state kids. Mm-hmm. And you're looking and you're like, is, is that what's going to end up being the downfall of the Alabama program is that Saban, who has been notoriously – you know, uh, I don't want to say anti-social media, but he's disengaged. That's not his thing. You know, he's old school, but, you know, wasn't on Twitter or whatever. And it's like maybe maybe his inability to meet face-to-face is going to end up, you know, being the downfall here. And then all of a sudden, it started. And, you, you know, you start to get, you know, five-star here, five-star there, a bunch of four-stars, you know, whatever. Last week they had... Uh, the, these two offensive linemen, these uh, these these brothers out of Texas, mm-hmm. who, whose whose dad and brother, who had a dad and brother, who who were you know good players for Texas, <laughs> and they went to Alabama, or at least they they've committed to mm-hmm. Alabama. Um, so uh, I mean they're they're still doing Alabama stuff. And what I joked with you on the text is that is that at, at a time when it feels like college football is falling apart, when you see Alabama starting to get commitments from all these highly rated recruits again, 
it makes it feel like college football is getting back to normal, right? So <laughs> we, 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 I mean, I'm sure there are people who hope that Alabama's recruiting will, uh, will slow down again, but, but, it, but at least uh, there, are, there are signs that, that some things are normalizing. So how Saban has done it, I, I don't know, but it was, it was really interesting the way that, that they started so slow. And, of course, nothing's really changed during all this. I mean, there, there's still no official visits taking place. And, and, and I, I, you know, I don't know how much longer this is going to go on, but with all the talk about whether there can even be fans in the stands, um, you would think that that would, that would also translate to no official visits are, are going to take place uh, by high schoolers. And, I mean, we, you saw uh, Syracuse, the announcement by the governor of New York that there will be no fans allowed at mm-hmm. sporting events for the, for the rest of 2020. So if Syracuse plays football, if Army plays football, there will be – no fans in the stands, and and so um, if there are enough other states that do that, that's going to affect it. And and so uh, it's just weird, you know. It's weird. You've got certain states that are either pushing back the start of football season at the high school level, or even some that are moving it completely to the spring. So so this whole calendar, I don't know. I really don't know how this is going to work, and whether that you know by the time we get to October, November, someone might decide to call off the early signing date, given that. You know, if look, if no one's been able to even take an official visit at that point, mm-hmm. um, I guess it doesn't mean that you shouldn't be able to sign early. I mean, some of these kids made up their mind when they were in tenth grade where they were yeah. going to go because it was the, the school that they grew up rooting for, and as soon as they had an offer, they were they were done. You know, recruiting's over. Um, but but outside of those kids, it, I don't know. I would still expect that there's a chance for a lot of flips just because. So many of these are going off of. Well, they, just let's put it this way: they don't they don't have all of the information they need to make an informed decision. Just because a lot of them um, have not been on official visit, that doesn't mean they've never been to the campus. It doesn't mean they've never been to a game in person. They just haven't been on an official visit yet. Some haven't even been to campus. Nebraska's got three or four kids that haven't even been to campus, but they've been in connection or they've got a teammate that's that's already here yeah. and yeah i've heard a lot of stories like that around the country yeah so it works out that way i mean california is going to do air quote spring football and end of december january so that's quite interesting because california's you know one a b or c depending on your system or your connections out west with where you want to go mind for talent Texas, I think, will move forward with high school football. I checked in with a buddy yesterday, and all things are go for Ohio. And it looks like you know Pennsylvania, uh, I'm you know Florida. I don't think will will shut down, or they could go spring. But you know, there's there's some high school that's still up in the air. I want to get your thoughts, Brad, as far as I've I, I go back and forth every other day with the season. I'm a little bit more steady that there'll be football and we'll get started. Do you think the, the, the season's pushed back as we're talking like a September 19th start? Do you look at October and do eight to 10 games and, and do 15 weeks so you can go every other or two on one off that that's up in the air. I expect the big 10 to move forward here in, in seven days with a, uh, a 10-game league schedule, same with the Pac-12, and then I think that's where the SEC will say, hey, we're going to do what we're going to do. The SEC may be even first in line to say, here's what we're going to yeah. do, uh, and then people will follow suit. So with all that being said here, what do you think happens? Do we get a September 5th start date, or is that going to get pushed back? I think if you push it back, 
you're in danger. I don't think you can push it off. I think you need to play as early as you can. Well, I think it depends on whether you've made up your mind that you're only playing 10. But you're right. The further you push it back, the less flexibility you have, uh, if, especially if you, know, if you need to end up rescheduling games and stuff like that. The 10-game the schedule makes a lot of sense. You know, if, uh, if the Big Ten and Pac-12 were to say, okay, we're going to do 10, I know that the, the SEC, ACC, and Big 12 would like to preserve most of the, the, the meetings that they have uh, out of conference against each other. Sure. You know, and, and, and to be able to play, uh, you know, an, an 8 plus 2 or 9 plus 1 as far as the conference games and, and non-conference um, and so it's just a matter of, you know, can they make the math work? Obviously, you know, Notre Dame is, is in the mix with a lot of those ACC schools, uh, plus Arkansas is on the Notre Dame schedule. Um, you've got, um, uh, I, I guess they're, they're complicating factors potentially with the Big 12 because, you know, they, they would only keep one of those games. Uh, but, but, yeah, I mean, there, there are some ways that you can see it working, and it's just a question of um, how how soon can everyone get on the same page, or do they even care about getting on the same page? Um, I mean, what I mean is the, the five conferences together, or it will will it simply be a hey, Big Ten, back Pac-12 do their thing, the other three will do theirs? Because I I don't get the sense right now, Chris, that the Big Twelve, ACC, and SEC have completely given up on playing all twelve. Okay, I I, I think they know it's unlikely. But I don't think they've completely closed the door on it. I, I think they're they're holding out hope that they might be able to get some really good news in the next week. <laughs> you know that the that the the, the the next round of test results. Um, uh, and I'm not talking about with the teams. I'm talking the the, the the test results within the rosters have have been really good. Yeah. You've seen those. You know lately, uh, really all across the country. It, it's just the general population that's what needs to change because that's that's what you know. That's what's going to be represented in the student body when you know tens of thousands of students return to campus and then start mingling with the football team. That, that's that's the concern, and so uh, so I, I think more than likely they will end up at ten. And I, I wouldn't be surprised if what you hear from those other three conferences, um, you know, within the next week or so before the end of the month, is that they is that they are going to push it back just because I think it buys them more time. Okay. I, I think right now they, they feel like they need time, and if they can push it back two weeks uh, and then say, okay, we're we're not going to play more than ten, then maybe that accomplishes the first goal, which is just you know just giving themselves two more weeks to to get the test results better. Brad Edwards, ESPN Insider College Game Day. Brad, this was fun. We'll check in next week, and if you need a uh, road trip, buddy. Uh, <laughs> Give me a shot, and I'll go get those cabinets with you. Oh, <laughs> uh, you got it. And then I'll then I'll need a golfing buddy after that. <laughs> Wait, done. I just need, need a big big break from from all this stuff. Hey, you take care. Thanks for the time. Okay, see you, Chris. There he is, Brad Edwards, loading up the truckster to go get his cabinets. More college football thoughts on the way. Chime in 402-466-ESPN or email the show, Chris at HaleVarsity.com. Just try me. Try me. Back to Hale Varsity Radio. Okay, uh, an app to tell you about where you two can boo the Astros, even with no fans in the stands. 
recruiting to tell you about as well. Great to be back with you. Hail Varsity presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Damon Barr, and a reminder about drinking and driving. Please don't do it. Find a designated driver and uh, pick out that designated driver early and often if you are out and about. One out of three fatal crashes involves an impaired driver, drunk, buzzed, or high driving. Never acceptable law enforcement officers. They're working around the clock to stop that uh, drunk driving with sobriety checkpoints or saturation patrols. Find that pre-selected designated driver or have a non-alcoholic drink. Be smart. Start the conversation. Who's driving home? Brought to you by the Nebraska Department of Highway Safety Office. So, Damon, I know you're 21. I know you're a rum connoisseur. You no doubt. Uh, so you play paper, rock, scissors, and one of your roommates is going to get you home if you've had one too many captains. And I, whenever are you more of a Malibu guy? I have a sweet spot for the the mango Malibu, Chris. It's kind of a a little kryptonite of mine. Don't tell anyone I told you. But uh, does it come in a pineapple cup too, or what? Is there an umbrella? It's all good, man. Whatever you like. Hey, it goes down. That smooth. is sweet, though. Yeah. Yeah. Dan's yeah. like, yeah, tastes good. So let's get in some recruiting here and keep it tuned to Greg Smith, hailvarsity.com and magazine, and at Greg Smith HV on Twitter for the latest happenings, but. Here's an update, and this is from social media. So we were just talking to Brad about what, what BAM has done recruiting-wise. Uh, Kristen Burkhalter, uh, a high-level talent that Nebraska's competing with uh, Virginia and Ole Miss for. Uh, Oregon's also made a move of late, but his announcement's coming tomorrow at 5. If that happens, or I should say when it happens, We'll try and get Christian on the horn if he does in, indeed pick Nebraska. Uh, major Juco talent, uh, Nadab Joseph, is a corner that Nebraska would love. They've already added three cornerbacks in less than a week for this 2021 class. So Joseph will uh, make his announcement Friday at 7. He's a Juco player out of Independence Community College. Uh, in Kansas, uh, was a Georgia commit. So Nebraska in the thick of it there for Joseph. We'll see if the Big Red get him. I would not spend my money on anyone else than, than Coach Travis uh, Fisher for Nebraska. Marcus Embo is the uh, offensive lineman. He posted uh, a little before lunchtime today, coming to an end. Uh, hashtag the decision. So uh, he is the uh, the talented prospect out of Wisconsin that Nebraska wants on their offensive line. Very versatile, can also play tackle and guard. Uh, Arizona State, Iowa State, Michigan State are in the thick of it along with Nebraska. And also we'll see where Nebraska's at with Roquan Buckley. Uh, defensive end uh, is there. And then uh, another Juco product, J.D. Martin, he's a, a top level running back in Juco and Nebraska made the final cut for him. So Florida Atlantic is there. Maryland is in there as is uh, West Virginia. So Nebraska, Hey, we'll see if it works. And then the Burke stud, the outside linebacker, Devin Jackson, Les miles was all over him. And Jackson's the uh, 2022 outside backers so that's some recruiting thoughts i want to tell you about this app and are you going to interact with it i know there's a lot of royals fans out there 
as uh, KC gets ready to rock tomorrow, 6 o'clock game time over on uh, KFOR, our sister station here in Lincoln. You'll hear the Royals for another season. You'll hear the Yanks and Nats following our show here on ESPN Radio. So there's an app that is out that lets fans send cheers and jeers to empty Major League Baseball stadiums. So think about this. If you're a Marlins fan, if you're a Phillies fan, if you're a Dodgers fan, if you're the Yanks, you have a chance to support your guy, Aaron Judge, or ask uh, Mookie if he can get you a loan, or between the Red Sox and Yankees, when those two teams even hook up during a shortened 60-game season, the the amount of editing that may have to go on is intense. But think about this. MLB is launching, launching this feature uh, on opening day that's going to allow fans to interact with their team's games on the website. Now, the game day app is through social media links. Scoreboard operators at ballparks are going to receive live interface reflecting fan reaction. So if this thing's live as it happens and the game's televised and it's not previewed, I mean, if we're talking in the moment, I mean, can't you see Sully from Boston just getting outrageous towards Aaron Judge? I mean, Joe Buck and the TV crew do their best to ignore some of the language that is in unison chanted during a Red Sox-Yankees rivalry. I mean, think about it, too. Like, all the big Monday games you watched growing up as a kid, and there was a really bad foul call against Rich King or, say, Jerron Boone got hosed on a call – the Nebraska basketball student section would start screaming and the drummer for the pep band would get on the, the top hat and, 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 and pound away and you'd hear BS, BS, BS. You'd hear it in unison, like right after a, a horrible call. The Cameron Crazies are really good at using some language. Not always appropriate. Now we go to, I mean, think about the scoreboard interaction. And you've been to PBA. You've seen it. They'll have a couple of segments where you'll upload a, a selfie or a picture or a message on social media, and then it'll, it'll be broadcast. And, and hopefully, the, uh, <laughs> the good taste police are there. Because you can get away with a lot on social media. There are some things that are flat out hilarious, but not safe for airplay or work. And if it bleeds over into the broadcast where there's no fans to focus on, there may be a cutout or six to look at. Hopefully one's Pam Anderson from her Baywatch days. Uh, Let's just pray that, (laughs) you know what, even if it goes awry, even if this is the best, worst, most terrible Hilarious idea in a long time for Major League Baseball. It will go wrong in some ballparks and it'll be on the Jumbotron and somebody will be, oh, whoops, that one slipped through. Nobody wanted to go on air there? Uh, no, asking uh, if they uh, if I was related to some people they knew from my last name. So, oh, like Roseanne. Yeah, it, it was a no. Okay. <laughs> 
Wonderful prank opportunity. So, Damon, what are you sending to your beloved Astros? You're going to jump on this site. You're going to jump on the Astros. That's the other thing. Uh I mean, everybody's getting in line right now with their best videos or go to hell Houston uh, when they visit maybe their own fans. Maybe it's just a picture of a, of a, of a trash can. I don't know, but there's so many good things you can do on social media. So this is from the uh, executive vice president of strategy and technology and innovation for MLB, Chris Manerick. We actually aren't supplying the boo sounds at all. So it solves problems there. We're only supplying the teams with background noise, different types of cheering and anticipation sounds. You're going to have the organs going. You're going to probably have the uh, mini the moocher. Uh, maybe they still play that at Kaufman. I don't know. That was always good. You'll still have the seventh inning stretch. But there is no actual booing that we're providing. In that event, though, there's going to be booing, but it'll be ratcheted down very quietly so it's fun it's interactive but you're going to see mostly red Sox on yankee crime here that'll be 50 50 of it 90 percent 90 percent of it will be yankees fans um and there's also a slide bar that will show you on a relative base basis so you'll see the background and you'll see the icons but it dude it could get really nasty and I'm hoping just for a little glimpse of nasty because it'll be quite fun. We're all excited for baseball. I'm going to watch tomorrow night. I'm going to watch the Royals. I'm going to watch some of the, the Yankees game. I'm going to roll the old TV outside and sit out on the patio and watch live sports and be smiling about it. But, yeah, this is, this is prone for hilarity to ensue just because of how it goes through the website. If somebody gets lazy with the filtering process, it could end up on the Jumbotron, and there you go. They could almost like put a speaker on every seat and just small amount of noise from each one. Sounds like the stadium's full for everyone. Right. That'd be all right. Give me hours of playback of Bob Euchre's commentary in Major League. Or just give me Pedro Serrano drops for the Cleveland uh, Yankees game. Uh, excuse me, Cleveland Royals game tomorrow night. I mean, just just drop in there, hats for bats. Or we should have got the live chicken. Or it is wrong to drink Joe Boo's rum. Give me Harris saying, <laughs> uh, I have to wake up bats. Or, you know, whatever. I mean, g- give me some, mo- some Bull Durham sound would be okay as well. But no. Are you, are you going to send a gif or... A comment or anything for the Astros game tomorrow night? I'm just going to... Or are you going to kind of shift over full-time to your cubbies? I'm, I'm just going to move on over to Chicago. I'm going to uh, just send a maybe a tweet a photo of that hat in the trash can, maybe. Just send send my regards out to Houston. So you're really still kind of scarred uh, and heartbroken by this? I'm, I'm kind of... I've given up on them. They, they, uh, I trusted them, and they let me down. Hmm. Well, they just got caught. Let's yeah, they just got caught. Honest. You're not, you weren't that heartbroken when they were winning it. Not at all. You did not care. I didn't know at the was time. Happening. No, I didn't. I, I had no idea, officer. Uh, so, yeah. No, we'll see how this shakes out. The interactive app that you can uh, get to the team's website on. I'm sure Junior will be uh, nasty towards Washington. 
with his Yankees for sure. Uh, I want to remind you what's going on down in the rail yard real quick. Uh, railyard.com. A couple of events that you can sip on some of the best beer and wine from all over Nebraska. Uh, that is August 8th, August 29th. Uh, the local breweries and uh, live music. That's a win-win. Get tickets now. Railyard, therailyard.com. For Taste of the Rail Yard, the 8th and 29th of August. Going to be a great outdoor event. Jock Doc's on the way. And now. And now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Back to it, Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Time for a Jock Doc Wednesday, Lincoln Orthopedic Center. Dr. Doug Davis with us. Dr. Doug, you working on your free throws? You know, I'm uh, just excited to see that there is a little bit of basketball going to be going on. I, I hope they can keep everybody healthy over there, but uh, yeah, it's good to see. Tough news for uh, Grizz forward Justice Winslow uh, out for the year, and he went to his social media to discuss what happened, and he was uh, involved in a scrimmage, and he experienced a contact injury on his hip that'll keep him out. Dr. Doug, when you hear that from a player, what what's it signal? What's it say? Winslow, 6'6", 225. Good-sized guy. Man, I, I've, I've heard of guys bumping knees and having issues, but, you know, I think of hips and I think of boxing out and rebound, it doesn't sound good. The information that we've got is pretty pretty limited here yet at this point with, with this injury, but um, it, uh, the information was that, you know, he absorbed some contact from another player and fell. And so you don't know if it was the the contact between the players or whether it was uh, the the uh, falling part of that and, and uh, making contact with the floor that caused the problem. It's just hard to say sometimes. Uh, but the thing that, that kind of surprised me is that, you know, it was a very short um, – uh, time frame between the time of the injury and the time when um, it was boy he's ruled out for the year is um, basically overnight and that makes me think along the lines of some kind of a fracture situation that would have occurred that uh, um, would be so clearly evident to everybody right away that okay this guy's going to have to be out for the you know this this shortened season that you know that they're or re-season or whatever we're going to call this. Dr. Doug Tavis is with us. Lincoln Orthopedic Center at Jock Doc Wednesday. Justice Winslow, our topic, hip injury for the uh, young talent for the Grizz. And if you've got a, a severe fracture or say it's a hairline or some sort of injury in between, I think of Bo Jackson with hip, and that's obviously worst case. I think of Tua and his hip. Those were, were brutal injuries. You've seen a lot of hip issues in your time, Dr. Doug, and when it comes to healing and recovery, how how devastating is this part of the body to get injured for a guy in the NBA? Well, you know, when you look at statistics um, for the hips and uh, or hip injuries in the NBA, the numbers are are really you know really pretty darn good. That um, the injuries to, uh, for instance, uh, the muscular side of things makes up about. Oh, it makes up about 80% of the hip injuries that are there. You know, so strains of your quadriceps, strains of your gluteal muscles, strains of your adductor muscles. Those are those are clearly the most common things. Fractures only make up about um, um, you know a couple percentage points, and so when a fracture occurs. 
uh, me, and uh, especially in playing basketball, a lot of the time that we think about it is a fracture to the socket, um, and uh, as opposed to a fracture of the of the um, ball portion of the ball and socket joint. And those socket injuries can be, as you described, a hairline fracture, or they could be something more significant, like a, a fracture that displaces. Um, with with a hairline fracture, um, basically what you're saying is that that um, socket would have had a fracture that ran through it that didn't displace, it didn't open up through the fracture at all. And those are going to heal up really quite well. Um, but the issue that you have to be careful about is that you don't want to load that joint too soon, even after the bone heals up, because the cartilage that lines the socket um, could have uh, damage that, that gets progressively um, worse as time goes along if you load it too early. Now, we think about Bo Jackson, and he, so he subluxed his hip, and the cartilage broke down in his hip, and that's the reason he ended up having to have a hip replacement. So they're going to be careful with this because they don't want that kind of a scenario to, to come out of what otherwise might be a fairly um, um, innocuous injury. I mean, something that keeps him out, but doesn't necessarily something that would give him long-term harm. Well, he's only 24. He's a phenomenal talent. You can't uh, mismanage this at all because of the upside he has in his career and just what he can do on the basketball court. I mean, it's too early in his career or any any point in the guy's career. You want to be cautious with this. And from a movement and stability standpoint, Dr. Doug, for, for Winslow, if a guy has uh, some sort of hip fracture, is there any lasting remnants of pain or discomfort or just immobility compared to the normal athleticism you had? Because you know how freakishly athletic basketball players are. I mean, they're great. They're fast. They're quick. They, they're explosive. Uh, is this something that long-term could kind of knock him down a peg, I guess, from an athleticism standpoint? Yeah, I mean, there's certainly that possibility of it, and, and as you very appropriately said, it's got to be managed in exactly right, because um, if he does go down the pathway of having some cartilage damage, then yes, he's going to be limited um, in the future and maybe can't come back and play at all. If it is a situation where he's got a, a non-displaced fracture that um, uh, is allowed to heal up adequately and he comes, uh, is able to rehab his way back from that, there's every reason to believe that that would be something that would allow him to return to all of the kinds of activity that he was doing before. And as you said, this guy is really good, and he's going to you know, be in a situation where there's going to be high expectations of him again coming back. And, and it's reasonable to think, based on everything that we know right now, you know, that that would be the case. Dr. Doug Davis with us, Lincoln Orthopedic Center at Jock Doc Wednesday. Dr. Doug, when, when it gets to, to healing and recovery, what are, what, are the, what are the next steps for Justice Winslow uh, to heal up, and what's, what's the timeline on return? Yeah, so let's make the assumption that we are dealing with a, a, a non-displaced fracture. That would seem to make sense based on the information we know. One of the things that we recognize is that a joint uh, that has a fracture in it um, is 
treated best when you do have some motion of that joint. The cartilage in a joint gets its nourishment not from blood, but from the fluid that is circulating around in the joint. Uh, you can think about a knee joint maybe a little bit easier. Uh, when you're moving your knee joint, um, the fluid that's in that joint circulates in that joint because of the flexion extension pressures that are there on the fluid. And so the cartilage um, uh, that is injured um, is nourished by that fluid. And so one of the first things that you'd like to do with a, a situation like this is to get some gentle range of motion going in that joint. That keeps the cartilage as healthy as it can be. Um, Weight-bearing then becomes uh, the next step in this thing, and that is when the bone is uh, able to absorb the stress of weight-bearing. It isn't then until um, months after that that you would start allowing impact uh, kinds of, of things like running. So um, you'd, go, you'd go motion, that's like exercise bike, maybe some swimming, then you'd go weight-bearing, um, adding some tension to things just with the body weight, and then eventually back to the running. Dr. Doug Davis. Dr. Doug, thanks for the time today. You bet. Looking forward to this season. Miss us? Come here, brother. Give me a hug. Bring it in for the real thing. We're on call for you. Catch the podcast at HailVarsity.com, the ESPN Lincoln app, or download them on iTunes. Saddle up, partner. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. One final time on a Wednesday tomorrow, Big Ten Buffet time. Rick Pizzo's triumphant return to... Hey, Alvar City Radio. Excited to talk to, to Mr. Rick. I know he had an awesome podcast with Jay Moore. So uh, check that out, HailVarsity.com, the More To It podcast. And uh, check our podcast out, uh, iTunes, Hail Varsity. Give us a rating, a comment, and subscribe. We'd love to, to hear back from you. iTunes or HailVarsity.com, the uh, The on-demand part, some of the interviews we've had today and in the past can go to ESPNLincoln.com. Get those handled and uh, listen to them at ESPNLincoln.com. Stream us or your smart speaker. Say, hey, play Hail Varsity Radio or ESPN Lincoln. Real easy to do. We always, I'm going to have you for a few days because Elijah's camping in Colorado. We'll say camping. Damon Barr. The uh, rum connoisseur, Damon. What's Wednesday look like for you? Uh, it's uh, one, uh, another installment of Wine Wednesday tonight over at the uh, the household. So we'll see uh, how much wine enters the system tonight. Um, unsure food wise, what's going on though? So, so I got to ask any suggestions. You, are you though? a red yeah. or a white? I like the the red more than the white okay. usually. The vino. Mm-hmm. So. Listen, I'm I'm an idiot with wine. Me too. Me I know too. it's phenomenal, but I just don't know what's good and what's mm-hmm. overpriced. Right. So who's who's kind of taking you on that tour? The girlfriend? <laughs> well, it's uh whatever costs less than ten bucks at the grocery store. Oh, so that's the dice you roll. Yeah, those are the dice I roll. The the big five foot uh bo- or not five foot five dollar bottles are usually the go to. <laughs> are you frowning on someone bringing a box of wine to the house? No, I think uh, boxed wine is actually one of my. You like? I, it. I enjoy it more often than not. Yes. So I got to ask: Does does the wine like the, the first time I ever had wine was like communion? Right. Right. 
So d- does it need to taste better than communion wine? <laughs> I, I Is that it, your rule? <laughs> yeah, that's kind of the baseline that we set it at. It's like it has to be at least better than communion wine. <laughs> that's, that's a rule. <laughs> so what have we had for, for Damon's dinner parties or wine Wednesday theme? What, what, what have we had for dinner in the past? Have you grilled? Is it a salad? Does somebody get fancy and, and bring... Some goulash. I mean, what's up? Well, one time we actually had this like this wine that was cooked in in spaghetti, like spaghetti wine. It was Ooh. spicy. I really liked that. My roommate has not made it since then. I've been begging him to. But uh, yeah, we usually just we keep it classy. Usually everyone just gets their own. We don't have a big family dinner or anything. Okay. We keep it classy though. No, I like it. Anyone drop ice into their red wine? No, I haven't seen that lately. Okay, lately, but it, it's, <laughs> it, it, it's I have happened. not seen that. <laughs> no, and it's not supposed to happen that right. way. But some people kind of like to chill it out, water it down, water it down, <laughs> room temp it up. No, I'm. If I had to pick, I guess the sweet red. Okay, has been good. But again, I'm a, I'm a wine idiot, so I'm I'm banking on you. We'll have a full report tomorrow. All right. Uh, Brandon Vogel's going to be with us. We can let Vogue's maybe teach you a little bit about wine because Vogue's knows everything. We'll get the master class from Brandon. Uh, Danny Burke, the pride of Chicago, will check in also. There is some uh, some point spreads out for Big Ten games of the year. We'll dive into. Enjoy your Wednesday. Baseball is back tomorrow. Thanks for spending time with Hale Varsity, presented by the Nebraska Lottery.